Are you ready? KFNC, Mont Bellevue, Houston. You all know exactly who I am. ESPN 97.5, a Gao Media Station. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the WreckersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline with Josh Jordan and Jerry Bowe. We have Harrison behind the glass. We had a great little DFS segment that you may have just missed a couple minutes ago. If you want to check that out, go to Podcast Arena, look for Moneyline, and you can hear any of our shows, anything we talked about earlier. We did a mock draft, uh, a great, some great DFS tips. So if you missed that last segment, definitely go back. Even gave you some great plays for week one. So that's something you're going to want to check out. And now this is one of my favorite segments. This is the Gal Media All-Star segment where we get picks from some of the best and Fred Fowler, Lance Zerline, all these guys, Eric Sandler, and of course Holly will be joining us as well. So so let's see uh let's see what we got this week. We got Texans win total over under eight and a half. So uh let's see what everybody had to say. Moneyline presents the Gal Media All-Stars. Fred Fowler. Well, three of the last four years under Bill O'Brien, nine and seven. So I guess I have to take the over, figuring they're going to go nine and seven again. Obviously, the whole season hinges on Deshaun Watson. If you think Deshaun Watson's going to break, take the under because they're not going to come close to eight and a half wins if he's hurt. But if he's okay, play sixteen games. Yeah, they win nine. They go nine and seven again. Wild card, losing the first round. Lance Zerline. Well, at eight and a half, just you know, it truly is going to be tied directly to Deshaun Watson's health. So. If Deshaun Watson stays healthy, I think this team could be as much as a 10 and maybe even a surprise 11-win team. Without Deshaun, you could be looking at a 4-5 to five win team. But let's let's say Deshaun is going to be healthy. He came off the last ACL injury in college, was healthy, and made it to a national championship game. I'm going to go over 8.5 with the Houston Texans this year. Eric Sandler. Taking the Texans to go over 8.5 wins requires you to believe in a lot of ifs. If Deshaun Watson can stay healthy, if J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless can stay healthy, if Jonathan Joseph can act like he's not as old as he is, if Bill O'Brien can show the courage to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking the ball away like he did in the losses to New England and Seattle. As much as I would like to believe that all of those ifs are going to become true, I'm more inclined to think that some things are going to continue to go wrong for the Texans. So I'm going to take the under on eight and a half. Holly Seymour. Most if team, like Eric said. Um, if Clowney, Watson, Merciless, Watt, they can all stay healthy, this team should snatch up 11 wins with not even a second thought. Houston also has the easiest schedule in the league this season. The only games that are re- going to require any effort at all are going to be their division games. So if I had to choose, I would take the over. There you go. Uh, seems like a lot of people are taking the over. Uh, it's hard to argue with that logic if Deshaun's okay and all of the defense doesn't die like it did last year. They, I think they can get to nine. So, Jerry, I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over as well. This could be good or bad for Gal Media for all of us. But, <laughs> hey, 
the softest schedule in the league, like uh, like Holly says. 2015, the Jets had the easiest schedule, 10 and 6. The 2016 Cowboys, they went 13 and 3. And the 17 Jaguars, they went 10 and 6, having the easiest schedule. So if the Texans could follow suit, I see them getting two double digit wins. I can't blame you, Jerry. Um, wow, it must hurt you, Holly, to take the over on the Texans, huh? <laughs> hey, look, I'm just waiting for this because that, like I said, this is the biggest if. But I can tell you that if these guys all stay healthy and they don't get at least 11 wins, I'm going to really have to bash on them because the schedule is like, it can't get any easier than that, period. No, so. I, I'm with you. We'll and, see. You know, to start off, they got the Patriots. I, I don't think they're going to win that game, but it's possible. Uh, no. You know, if you're ever going to beat the Patriots, it's usually in, you know, really early in the season. They tend to get off to a slow start most years. We know, you know, the Chiefs beat them last year. Uh, after that, we're going to play the Titans in Tennessee and then home for the Giants and then the Colts. So, I mean, if y'all are just picking kind of those first four games, uh, I'm kind of thinking two and two. I, a lot of people think the Giants game is going to be easy, but I think Odell could absolutely torch our secondary. Harrison, how about you? What do you think about the eight and a half season total? Can the Texans surpass that? Listen, I love the Texans as much as all of us here at Gal Media, but I think I'm going to have to be the contrarian here because eight and a half just seems like a really high bet for me to take there. Yeah. I think there's more of a chance of catastrophe with this offensive line. We have no idea what's going on. Watson's going to be running for his life, it seems like, for most of the season. I think that, and like like all of our contributors here said, there's a lot of ifs you have to believe in. I think one or two of those ifs, realistically, if I'm putting my money on it, it's probably going to go the wrong way as much as I hope it doesn't. So I'm going to put my name on the under on that one. I like that. I like that. And it's, again, it's good to have all these different perspectives. Um He's from Houston. He likes the team, and he's telling you straight up that there's too many ifs, and it should be a um, even. Uh, Eric Sandler said ifs, ifs, and that's the thing that we don't like to hear because when it, the if is the offensive line, everything else is intact. Injuries, they're the, the most random thing out, out there. You know what I mean? But everything else is intact. If if they can stay healthy, if Watson, I mean, so much is on Watson's shoulders this year that. It's hard to make that bet. I, I'm honestly going to make it. I, I do think they get there, and uh, I think they'll have 10 wins, 11 wins easy this year. I really? Do. I do. You know, we did a scheduled breakdown with Joel Blank on SportsMap the other day. Everybody go to SportsMap. It's fantastic. That's where all our content is. But he had them at 11 wins. But I thought the interesting thing to take away is, uh, and Holly will appreciate this, we finished the season, the, the Texans, is that is playing the Eagles, and that Eagles game's in Philly, and then against the Jaguars, which is in Houston. So, you know, the Texans better get out to kind of a, a good record because I think they're losing those last two games. And one thing from I a, have two L's down there with you. <laughs> yep. One thing from a gambling perspective, a number that sticks out is how the Texans play as favorites against the spread. Over the last six years, there's 26 and 19. That's 57% winners as a favorite. Last year, they were two and three, so that even brought their numbers down. But if you look at 16, they were four and two. In 2015, five and one. 14, six and two. They win when they're favored against the spread. So look for those spots throughout the year, and that number should come into play. That's interesting, Jerry. That's that's why we have you here, my man. That that actually makes me feel a little better. 
Uh, I did want to ask Holly one Eagles question. What do you think's going on with Jay Ajayi? Is, is he going to be okay to start the season? Better be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I think that he'll be starting. I have, I'm hoping that he will be. Like I said, we're going to have a lot of injuries going into week one, so it would be really nice to have him back. But I really like Clement. I know he's injured too right now, but if Jay Ajayi doesn't start, I'm okay with Clement out there. So we've got so much depth back there at the running back position. I'm not really too worried, but it would be nice to have him. There you go. Well, thanks for joining us, Holly. Thanks for taking the over on the Texans. I, I hope you're right. And uh, we will catch up with I'm you I'm going out on a limb there. And I know that Houston fans are going to be so proud of me for that. Of so course. You and guys are welcome. <laughs> speak, speaking of that, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Sure. You guys can follow me on Twitter at XOHolly. Um, also, my website during football season will be starting. It's holly.football. And, of course, I'll be all over Sports Map whenever um, the season starts. I'll be doing recaps. So. All right. There you have it. That's of course, Holly. Texans fans probably won't like me then, but we'll go from there. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll give it a shot. All right. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Holly. We'll catch up with you again next week. No problem, guys. See you next week. Thanks, right. Holly. Bye-bye. All right. Well, speaking of these over-unders, that gives me an excellent chance to tell you about my bookie. Football season is here. Let's make the games a little more interesting. How about a lot more interesting with my bookie? Just remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. With my bookie, it's the online destination to get some action on any game. They're safe, reliable. They've been in business for years, and that's why I recommend them, and that's why you should play. They have in-game live betting. They are the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for fantasy guys, you can, and that's us, of course, you can bet the over or under for how many fantasy points a guy's going to play. Like, how cool is that? So just go onto your computer or your mobile device, go to Google and Google MyBookie and get your account started. Right now, they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. That's right, dollar for dollar. You put in 100, they'll match it with 100. Use promo code RADIO to activate the offer. Just Google MyBookie today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code RADIO when you create your account to claim your uh, claim your bonus that's right you play you win you get paid it's my bookie Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back on Moneyline 97.5. Josh Jordan and Jerry Bowe getting you ready for your fantasy draft, getting you ready for week one of the NFL. Man, if you missed a lot of the show, you missed a lot today. We we did a great mock draft, kind of taking you through two rounds, giving you an idea of who Jerry and I would take in those spots. And we also, we had a great DFS segment. You want to check that out on podcastarena.com. Look for Moneyline on podcastarena.com. And we also just had our gal media Celebrity Pick'em segment where Lance and Fred and Holly and Eric joined us, gave us their opinion on if the Texans will get over eight and a half wins. You can bet that on our friends at MyBookie. And uh, so that's kind of what we've been talking about today. And 
Jerry and I participated in a, a draft. A lot of us up here at the station, we all, we all did it last night. It's actually a 14-team PPR league, and it took about three hours. So that was, that was interesting. But uh, I'm sitting there like, come on, man, make a pick, make a pick. But it's okay. It's totally worth it because I love my team. I think it came out really awesome, which can be a challenge in a 14-team league. A lot of times you look at that roster and you're like, ugh, like that's, that's terrible. But I actually really like my team. Jerry actually picked – were you picking at number two, Jerry? Is that right? Three. Number three. Jerry. three. Jerry was at number three. I was at pick number 10. Like I said, it was a 14-team draft. And we're just going to kind of take you through some of our selections, kind of let you know what we were thinking. And uh, we'll kind of start with the first round and – Earlier, Jerry in our mock draft took David Johnson, and he did the exact same thing in this real draft last night. So, uh, Jerry, why don't you kind of take us through why you took Johnson there? And it was basically the same position I was in now um, with Bell being gone and Gurley. The, I guess you could call it sort of being worried about the uh, Zeke situation. Not so much. I can't even say if nothing had come out of Dallas that I would, wouldn't would take uh, Johnson over Zeke here, either way, being a PPR. So I took Johnson just thinking that his ceiling is as high as anyone's is if he's healthy. In, in 2016, he outscored – I mean, he outscored – his 2016 campaign outscored 2017's running backs by far. So give me Johnson there, and I'm, uh, I'm confident with that pick. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. It's a PPR league. He's going to catch a lot of passes this year. Uh, so I picked at 10, and I was as I was sitting there, there, I had a few guys queued up that I was interested in taking, and I get it. A lot of people taking receivers in the first round, the studs, especially in a PPR, Antonio Brown, Hopkins, Odell Beckham. I'm, I'm fine with those, but just for me in 2018, I really like that security of that, that number one running back grabbing that guy in the first round. It just... I don't like the running backs that are there in the second and third round. I just, I don't. Most of them, I, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll wait till maybe the fourth or fifth to grab my second running back. So that's why I like to take mine in the first. So basically, I was sitting there. You could go Barkley, Kamara, and uh, Melvin Gordon. was He was there on the board, and I really thought about Melvin Gordon. But I ended up going with Leonard Fournette. I just, you know, we talked about this a little earlier if you missed it. But I just think he's going to be great this year. I think he has a fantastic chance to lead the league in rushing. Double-digit touchdowns is what you would expect out of Leonard Fournette this year. And he caught 36 passes last year, which is what maybe had some people waiting on Fournette a little bit. But I think he's going to get closer to 50 this year. You know, he was a little banged up last year, and he's not that bad at catching the ball. So I think he's going to get closer to 50 passes. So I was very happy to have Leonard Fournette at 10 because I knew one of the receivers that I really love I knew they were going to make it back to me, and that's exactly what happened. So we'll just kind of, I guess, go through the snake a little bit. So Devontae Adams ended up falling to me with my second pick. So I was very happy about that. I would have taken either him, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, any of those guys. But as you know, I'm all in on Devontae Adams this year. So that's who I took with my second pick. When it came back to me after if what it felt like eternity, I was thinking of a player that, could surpass what he did last year, and that was T.Y. Hilton, even though last year he didn't have the quarterback at his disposal that he's used to, and he was still a, a wide receiver 25. That showed what his floor is with him not surpassing a 1,000 yards for the first time, four touchdowns. This year, 
with Andrew Luck healthy, I think Hilton gets back to that top. I'll even go on a limb and say top 12 range of wide receivers if, if Luck is healthy. The game script obviously plays his way. The Colts' defense is bad, so they'll be in. For Colts to win games, they're going to be having to score 28, 30 points, uh, maybe even more. I don't see how their defense stops people from scoring in, in 24. You know what I mean? How, how are the Colts going to win these games? And that's going to be in shootout fashion. And I think Hilton's got as high as a ceiling as anyone this year, and his volume will be there. So give me uh, Hilton there. Yeah, and that was a. That's a pick where you got kind of lucky to have Hilton there, right? Did you think he'd be there? No, no, not at all. I didn't think he would be there, so that's what surprised me when it did get back to there. I mean, it was it was a quick, quick decision. Um, I, I wanted somebody for sure that gets volume and that has potential to get eight, nine touchdowns. So, and he's that guy. You know, he's he's going to put up numbers as long as luck is healthy. So, you got Hilton, and then I guess. Uh, it, was it your pick again after that? Yeah, yeah, it was my pick again. And a couple of weeks ago, you made the point how if you got one of these picks that are towards the beginning or the end of these rounds where it takes a long time to get it back, it's not so much called reaching because to be qualified as reaching is 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 going way out of the box. But when you know that Royce Freeman won't be there when he comes back, I'm sorry, it was Josh Gordon there and then Royce Freeman. So with Josh Gordon, it was either he, him or uh, Landry. And I know Landry's probably going to have the more volume and all that. But when it gets to the third, fourth rounds, as long as you got a good one and two, then you can kind of step out of the box a little bit and take a chance. And I think Gordon will, I mean, the Cleveland's prime force, I think, Six, seven wins. I really do. I think they surpassed the season total, and I think for that to happen, I, I, I think that he's going to get his. And I'm, I'm not expecting him to go back to that, those big, big years, but seven, eight touchdowns with 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards is what I think I'm getting out of him. So, I mean, that's interesting, right? Because I, I think a lot of people are a little nervous about Josh Gordon for obvious reasons, but the upside is so tremendous that – you know, you feel like he's worth gambling on. So you took him there in the third of a, a 14-team league. So keep in mind, where Jerry and I are selecting, this league's a little bigger, so there's going to be less guys on the board. Um, you know, I thought about Gordon, and I he just he worries me a little bit, and, and I may pay for it. You know, he may end up having an incredible year. Um, so I guess that leads me to my next pick. And for me, this is going to be my, my third-round pick. I, I had two guys that I was looking at right there. And for me, it was either between Doug Baldwin or Amari Cooper. And I didn't think Baldwin would be there when I picked and that late in the third round. And I don't know. Maybe you can kind of talk this through with me. I, I felt like Amari Cooper had more upside just because he's not coming into the year with a knee injury. And, and I know Baldwin, he's running and he's returning to practice, but he also told the media he's he's going to be kind of dealing with this knee all year now. It's, he's just going to have to just kind of maintain it. it it's not going to be 100% for the rest of the year. That that worries me, man. Like, you know, and Amari Cooper, he was terrible last year, but he, he had a couple years that he was good before that. And he's I think he's only 23 or 24, even though he's been in the league for a while. So I, I just went for the upside with Cooper. So I, I may regret that. Where are you with those two guys? They're they're kind of close. You never want to hear the word maintain yeah. throughout the year going yeah. into a guy that you're drafting. Last time I heard maintain, my dad gave me a hand-me-down hoodoo and said, maintain this car, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, it's not something you want to be worried about going into the season. And if you can 
deviate from that to somebody that's getting praise and somebody like Cooper that they're saying that the offense is going to run around and revolve around. And I know that he hasn't had that many touchdowns in, in, in overall his his career, but he, he we know the skill sets there, and it's just a matter of the game plan working in his fa- in in his favor. And if he can get a hundred and ten hundred and twenty targets, I'll take that out of Cooper. Man, he can run and. I think he's due for a bounce back year, but if not, I'm kind of done with him. You know, if he does what he did last year again, like that's it for me. That's I'm not going to be drafting Amari Cooper anymore. And last year it was just 680 yards um, on those seven touchdowns. Other than that, though, he's always an 1100 yard guy. Yeah, his touchdowns aren't too high; they're in the five and six range. But that's what you get from him: a 13, 14 yard uh, average yard per catch average, and then about a thousand, 1100 yards. So if he could get back to that, and let's say he adds about two more touchdowns, maybe 100, 150 yards, he's a He's a very, very, very strong target to get. I agree. And he's my second receiver. So, you know, that's he's my number two. I've got Devontae Adams. So I think I'm in a good spot there. And that leads me to my next pick. This is a you know full PPR league, so I like to grab up the receivers. And like I said earlier, I like to take a running back in the first round and then just hammer wide receivers because I think there's some better ones there. So with my next pick, uh, Jerry and I both like the Steelers. I don't think that's a secret. Uh, I went with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to have a big year. So I was really excited to get him in the fourth round. I love that pick. You know you can't go wrong in that Steelers offense if they can get him to be. I mean, let's not forget what Martavius Bryant was for a yeah. while there when he was the weapon, and they wanted him to be that. But we saw that it wasn't just a Steeler thing. We saw him get dropped this week, and I mean, uh, he can't make a cut on the Raiders. I, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. The talent was there, and I, I hate to see him struggling like that. Like I said, being a being a Steeler fan, and I saw what he was capable of. Some of those incredible catches and. Whenever you'd put Martavis Bryant in your in your lineups when he wins in Pittsburgh, you you knew he was gonna at one point or another he's gonna break that long one and it would be four catches for a, for eighty nine and ninety yards with a touchdown. That's all you needed. But get well, Martavis Bryant. Whatever's going on with you, yeah, I think Juju will kind of pick up that production. I mean, I, I know uh, James Washington's a guy that they like too, but I think Juju's he's gonna be the guy. And, you know, you hate to go Madden curse, but I'm going to do it. Antonio Brown's on on the cover of Madden. So if he goes down, Juju's just going to be in for more targets and more production. Uh, so that's where I went with my fourth-round pick. So that takes it back to you, Jerry. Where, where did you go? Well, when I came back here, um, being such a deep league with so many teams, I wanted to make sure that I get a running back that I think can be the primary back, and that's going to be Royce Freeman. Um, I guess he seems to be the Cinderella in a lot of people's eyes right now because he's getting the opportunity, but it's it's well-merited that people are going towards him because Devontae Booker hasn't shown that he can be reliable and that he wants to take that job. And once you have a rookie running back that comes from that Bill Musgrave uh, zone-blocking scheme, that running out of a spread, and he knows how to it's, – it's hard to run out of these spreads, and – He's from the Oregon, uh, you know, the school of Oregon running backs. To, and so is his offensive coordinator being uh, in the Chip Kelly coaching tree. So Royce Freeman fell into and I, that's why they drafted him. Honestly, they say that they had a couple of the running backs on the thing, but they knew that he could run out of that spread formation. So 
Royce Freeman, at the end of the year, I think that he has a really, 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 really good chance to be uh, offensive uh, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think so, too. Uh, I took Devontae Booker late in that draft, and not because I like him or think he's good. Uh, he just fell and fell and fell and fell. So I finally took him because it was just crazy not to because he has a chance to play a little bit. But that's why I didn't take him early. I think Freeman's going to be the dude. You know, and uh, Devontae Booker, when's he ever really been good? Has he ever done anything? So he was a guy I just took because he's a running back, and I got him really late. So obviously I like Jerry's pick a lot better. I would go with uh, Royce Freeman. Who'd you follow that up with? Royce Freeman. Let me see. Give me one second here. I'm trying to figure out what uh, what order I did this in. To be honest, would you give me one second here? That's what's tough too. I'm just yeah, looking at my team, I, and I'm, I'm like, guessing it was Corey Davis. Yeah, um, that sounds right. So let's see. The thought behind process behind Corey Davis was who else is Mariota going to uh, throw it to? We thought he was going to have that big year. We've been waiting for him to, and he did basically absolutely next to nothing um, last year. And when he finally shined, it was in the playoff game when no one started him, and he uh, I think it was two touchdowns he had in that playoff game. Yeah, it was. Talks out of training a training camp in uh, Tennessee points to Davis being that guy. Uh, Mariota's trusting him. The offense is working really well around him. And I think at that point, if you can get somebody that's a wide receiver one that has seven, eight touchdown potential, then uh, then that's who you take there. I'm totally with you, Jerry. And we're going to wrap up uh, the rest of this mock on the other side. But let me ask you first, do you own a business? Don't get slapped with the unnecessary penalties and fines from the fire marshal. Call my friend Nick today at Skywonder Fire and Safety because he will personally make sure that your business never goes one day over your mandatory inspection and maintenance dates on all your fire extinguishers, kitchen hood systems, and much more. Quit paying the overpriced prices for major corporate safety businesses and have someone who is local and treat you like family. 281 293-2500. Call this week and mention ESPN 97.5 or Moneyline to receive 10% off your first service. One more time, that's 281-393-2500. When fire safety is on, accidents are gone with Skywonder Fire and Safety. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back, Houston. You are listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. We've been trying to get you guys ready for your fantasy draft, your NFL gambling plays for week one. It's mostly been all fantasy draft content for you guys, just getting you ready, but the season is upon us. We did a mock draft earlier on the show. We're going to just finish up quickly uh, Jerry and I's draft that we did last night. And if you missed anything, you're going to want to go to podcastarena.com, look for Moneyline 
All that stuff will be loaded up there for you if you need any help with that. Follow us at Moneyline97.5 on Twitter. We're going to be shooting out a lot of our, our rankings and our starts and sits and Jerry Bowe's gambling plays for the week. So you're going to want to follow Moneyline97.5 on Twitter. Also follow at ESPN97.5 and at SportsMapHOU. We write for SportsMap. All our content's up there. Go check it out. We got you covered every week. So... We had a little breaking news here over the commercial break that Jerry and I were talking about, and we were kind of expecting this, and it finally happened. And what we're talking about is Antonio Gates. He won't die. He (laughs) returns to the Chargers. He will have another run with big Philly-style rivers. You know he can't really run anymore, but he can body dudes up and catch touchdowns, and you know Phillip Rivers trusts him. And we know Hunter Henry... You know, he had that ACL. They're not ruling him out for the year yet, but he tore it in May, so you can't count on him anytime soon. So, Philip Rivers, he might be vulturing some touchdowns from Keenan Allen. What do you think, Jerry, real quickly on Antonio Gates returning? It was a telegraph move. We saw that coming with when the Chargers only had uh, two tight ends on their roster on their initial cutdowns. He's 38 years old now, so what are we really expecting from him? We know that he's that big red zone target, so maybe they use uh, Henry in other situations and use Gates just around the uh, end zone. I don't know exactly what we can expect from him coming from that tight end 27 last year finish, but Gates is going absolutely pretty much free. Yes. (laughs) So if you're one of those guys that waits to the end of the draft and you just need someone up there, Gates is going to get you those touchdowns on a random Sunday afternoon, but I'm just curious what exactly they're doing over there because pre-show, we we spoke about that they had said something about Hunter Henry, and then now, an hour and a half later, Gates is back on the squad, which you had mentioned it before that at this age, they just wanted to give him that uh, the, the preseason stuff off, and, and, and look what happened. It made a lot of sense. It, it did, and it looks like if Hunter Henry comes back at best, it wouldn't be till maybe December or something. You know, it's usually nine months for an ACL. He tore it in May, so you can do the math there. You know, maybe he comes back at the very end of the year. So Gates, he's touchdown dependent. There's no upside with him. You just got to hope that he he catches a touchdown for you. But that's a lot of the tight ends, let's be honest. You're just hoping they grab you a touchdown. So, yeah, if you wait all the way till the end of your draft, you know, maybe take a a flyer on Gates. So, you know, if he's terrible, you can just cut him. You know, you're not going to spend a good pick on him. He's had double-digit touchdowns four times in his career, the last time being in 2014 when he had 12 with uh, 821 yards. His last three years, three touchdowns, seven touchdowns, five touchdowns. So, that's what we're pretty much going to get. I, if you can get five touchdowns with 500 yards where he's going basically free, you didn't do too bad. No, and that kind of – this is actually a nice little tie-in to the fantasy draft we did last night. If you all missed the last segment, Jerry and I did a fantasy draft last night. Uh, it's a 14-team league, uh, PPR, and we are just kind of running down our teams and our thought process, and, and this tight end discussion leads me to my selection. And – uh I took Delaney Walker. I believe I took him in, I think, the sixth round. I think I ended up getting Jamal Williams, the Packers running back, in the fifth. And then I took Delaney Walker in the sixth. And the reason I did that, man, there is nothing after Delaney Walker goes. You know, that little tier where it's Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, um, you know, right there. Oh, and uh, uh, the Giants uh, tight end, Ingram. Ingram. So those three guys right there – 
in Ingram, he's got the concussion. I'm, I'm just kind of worried with Odell back and with Barkley being added and uh, Shepard. I just wonder if the targets will be there for him. That's my only concern with him. So, and Olsen's a little older, but, you know, he's Cam's guy when he's healthy. And Delaney Walker, I think he's he's a good athlete, even though he's getting a little older, too. That's typically Mariota's the guy he feels safest throwing to because he's been there for a while. So I, I'm telling you guys why I'm saying all this is if you don't take one of those guys in like the fifth or sixth round, be prepared to just wait until the end. Like maybe Jimmy Graham is still there a little before that tier, right in that area. It depends on if you're on Yahoo or ESPN or CBS, the ADP kind of fluctuates with him. But you know, you might be waiting all the way to like George Kittle or Jack Doyle or, you know, somebody like that. If you don't get one of those guys in the mid rounds, and I know it feels pricey. Like you don't want to spend a fifth or sixth round pick on Delaney Walker, or, but you kind of have to. So I just, I want to put that out there, guys. If you want to tie it in to where every week you're like, oh my God, who am I going to play this week? You know, you're just streaming guys. Or if you want somebody, you just start them every week, take one of those guys. Then you don't have to think about tight end. Walker was a top 12 tight end eight times last year. That's You can trust that. Yeah. There was only six tight ends that had over 100 targets. Walker was one of them. He has his role solidified in that offense. His role is third downs, move the chains. He knows how to find soft spots. Yep. In the, in the red zone, big target. We know what he is. Last year, he finished as the sixth overall tight end. If you can get him where he's falling, I'm taking him because the drop-off from there, other than him and, let's say, Kyle Rudolph, someone like yeah. that, when it drops from there, you're gambling. Even when you get to the Cameron Brates because he has two tight ends in his, in his, on his team, you know, with O.J. Howard. and yep. He's not in there. He's not the only tight end. Jack Doyle, same thing with him and Ebron now. Uh, who else? The Vernon Davis, the Hunter Henrys, uh, Jared Cooks. No, thank you. If you have the chance to get Walker and your team's already kind of set up, go ahead and take them there. Yeah, you have to. It looks like Kittle's going to be ready for week one, so a lot of people have been letting him just fall and fall and fall. So if you do want to roll the dice and go late, Kittle, the San Francisco tight end, might be somebody to take a flyer on. But it's really ugly at tight end after the first three dudes. You know, after you go Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronk, yeah, that's it. I mean, the other guys, it's it's all mid-round guys that you just kind of hope don't kill you every week. So just keep that in mind. If you don't get one there, then be prepared to just wait it all out. So that's what I, I did there. And the other thing in that same draft I would like to talk about is I got Drew Brees in the seventh round. And, I mean, it's not the steal of all steals. I've seen him go in the ninth round. But my team was pretty solidif- uh, solidified right there. Easy for me to say. And I was okay just go ahead and taking Breeze because, once again, I felt like the fall off after him, do I want to wait until the 10th or 11th round and get Matt Ryan or wait even longer for Phillip Rivers? I just I think Breeze is going to have a bounce back year, touchdown-wise. I think he's going, to have, he's going to get more touchdowns this year. I feel it coming. So I was happy to get Breeze in the 7th. And to round up my team, whenever you get a little bit past you know the five, six rounds, you try to get guys that have an opportunity. And that was my thought whenever I picked up on Johnson. We spoke a little bit about him and how he ran with the ones in the uh, final preseason or the third game game of the preseason. So on Johnson, and I followed up with John Ross and Kenny Galladay, which 
John Ross is shining in the preseason. We saw him catch those bombs. We've been waiting on that. He's a speedster. He's one of the fastest guys in the league, if not the fastest. Yep. Um, Kenny Galladay, he's running with the twos. In two wide receiver sets, he's running with the twos. He's really a slot. Uh, they use him a lot in the slot. But he, uh, they said he's running in two wide receiver sets, so that's a good sign. And then I picked up Jordan Wilkins, which... There's a lot of ifs with him, but the ifs are also on Mac, which is a starter. And if Mac, for any reason, has any kind of any kind of just delay in his game or or if injuries play a factor, Jordan Wilkins is the third down back there. Naheem Hines can't handle those kind of duties, and I figured, hey, I'm looking for opportunity if if um, if Mac goes down, Wilkins is going to be the prime back over there in an Andrew Luck ran offense. No doubt about it, and. You know, to your carry on Johnson point, LeGarrette Blunt just kept falling and falling yeah. and falling. And it's a PPR, so I get it. But I mean, I think I got him in the 12th, 13th round. I mean, Still. something like that. And, you know, we have two flexes in this league. So, which is, and it's a 14 team league. So we're going pretty deep with our starters. So, you know, if I'm up against it in a bye week and I have to start LeGarrette Blunt one week and just hope he falls in the end zone, I am okay with that because there's a good chance he will. And I think on Johnson will end up being the dude. But I think they're still going to use Blunt. I mean, he's been good the last couple of years. He's just he's he's one of those guys nobody's excited about drafting LeGarrette Blunt. But if you get him in the 13th round, you should be excited because he'll probably get you some touchdowns when you need him. Yeah, no, Blunt's been good. The last couple of years, but Klein's Jewelry, our proud sponsor, they've been good since 1969, and that's when they started. Klein's Custom Jewelry, they specialize in all types of jewelry. That's watch and jewelry repair. Everything is manufactured in-store. They do custom CAD designs, no job too big or too small. They specialize in all types of diamonds. That's loose diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond pendants, diamond earrings, any shape, any size. Don't go to the mall and get those overpriced, uh, that overpriced jewelry. Go to Klein's. He's right down the street from the Galleria, not even five minutes. You can find him on the corner of Westheimer and Fountain View at 5668 Westheimer Road. 832-316-1388. That's Mark's personal phone number. He wants you to call him personally and tell him, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I need this done at a great price. He's willing to help you out. He treats you like family. That's why I go to Klein's. Again, his personal number, 832-316-1388. Call Mark, tell him what you want made, and tell him that uh, ESPN 97.5 sent you. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. That's right. We are back. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline with Josh Jordan and my man, Jerry Bowe. We only had this last segment here, so we're going to kind of jump around a little bit just to try and cover as much as we can for you guys because I know a lot of you have some drafts up today and tomorrow. So let's look at ADP risers and fallers. There's There's been several guys that have been moving a lot, and uh, Jerry's going to hit on some of them. Who do you want to talk about first there, Jerry? Well, obviously, uh, the hype around Adrian Peterson and the opportunity that opened up over there, we've seen a rise of about 56 picks on him. So he's currently now going in the eighth round. He's the uh, eight, eight dot one. So 
Adrian Peterson's risen in everybody's eyes. But the guy that I know that you're really, really, really high on, and he's kind of going under the radar is Jamal Williams, which he, he's he gone up about 18 to 19 uh, draft spots, and he's now going in the middle of the sixth. What's your thoughts about that? Man, I, I love him right there. You know, my strategy is get that stud running back and then hammer receiver, and then I wait for a guy like Jamal Williams to be my number two running back. I also like getting Aaron Jones really, really late in the draft just to kind of make sure I lock up that Packers backfield. Um, but I think Williams is going to be great, man. I don't know if he'll, you know, I don't know if he's going to win your fantasy league. But when you're just looking for a number two running back, you just need for him to be decent. And if he's going to get the goal line work with Aaron Rodgers, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Yeah, and two other guys that can potentially serve as RB twos and that have risen drastically in this ADP world is Peyton Barber and Carlos Hyde. Touching yeah. on Barber first. I think that the talk out of that camp is how bad Ronald Jones has been. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So it's not even a matter of, oh, well, and let's not just take away from Barber because they say he has been doing good and he's been doing the things that he couldn't do so well last year. But he has gone up 30 spots. And if uh, as of August 12th, he was about 147th overall again now fast forward and he's going about 86th overall which people are seeing it gets closer and everybody's thinking wow he's going to be a, a a starting running back let me take him same thing with Hyde he's moved up about 21 spots on average on uh, August 12th he was 74th getting drafted now he's getting drafted about 55th overall so that's a big jump also I've noticed Hyde just flying up draft boards and I think that's the preseason a little bit going on you know people are trying to decide what i love with Hyde is you can usually get uh chubb like really <laughs> really late and i actually took him in our draft last night really late and so if i'm the Hyde owner i'm i'd love to grab chubb in like the 12th 13th round just to make sure you have the cleveland backfield locked up you're good to go because you know Hyde does have an injury history so that's something to, to keep in mind and someone that I don't know. I guess there's a lot of hype around the team itself and the coaching staff that thrives on elite tight ends. So Trey Burton has been someone that even in our draft we saw last night, he was drafted real early. And it's like in some of these drafts, you come up with sleepers. Everybody knows sleepers. The daily age we live in now, it's not even so much a sleeper. It's so much uh, as, as to value, let's call it, because when someone's moving Trey Burton up to top eight, you know, top seven round pick, then the sleep, the sleeper, the, 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 the surprise out of him got taken out of the equation. And that's what's happening now. He's dropped about 20 spots. He was going to a 94th overall. Now he's in the 76, 78 range. So just going off of that. And I think it's more the fact of when people get past those three main, uh, the three main tight ends. And then by that time in the middle rounds of your draft, you're kind of set. You're like, okay, I have my two running backs. These guys will play. Uh, receivers, I might rate, or you might even have a quarterback, or you might be waiting. Then you start looking at known names in those tight end in the in the tight end field, and then you say, "Hey, Trey Burton," and you start thinking about what Ertz did over there and, and Burton's opportunities with the coach. And I mean, everything plays a part. So people overreact, and they're taking Burton really, really, really early. They are, and I like him, but man, Chicago's offense just kind of scares the hell out of me. It's they could be great. I know there are a lot of sleeper pick darlings for a lot of people. They think that Trubisky's going to come out and have this great year, and Burton's going to be a big part of that. I'm more of a I have to see it with my own eyes before I want to take a guy early. That's just kind of the I'm a little more conservative as a fantasy player that way. So he's not really a guy I'm targeting. Just me, uh, and I. Uh, it, completely understand if you're not targeting him 
someone, though, who has been making noise and he might go undrafted or he goes really, really, really late in these drafts is John Brown, which he has an overall ADP about 145, which is really, I mean, it's basically free. But Flacco's arm over these last couple of years, they've been saying that he's lost that long ball. Talks out of training camp. Brown's been catching all the long balls he's been getting under him. He has had these uh, these medical conditions throughout his career, but uh, from what I hear, he's he's moved past that, and where he's going, I would take John Brown. Yep, no doubt about it. I'm hearing the sickle cell is not as big an issue for him in Baltimore as it was in Arizona, so look for a big year for him. I think I think he's a good a good flyer late. Well, y'all know what that sound means. It's time to put your name on something. Josh, this week, what do you put your name on for the people? And I'm going to go, I'm going draft and I'm going week one. And this is a guy we were just talking about. Packers running back Jamal Williams. I love him against the Bears in week one. I think... I think he's going to have a big week. I think they're going to use him a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. I know the Bears' defense just got a little better with the, the Mac addition, but the value for where you can get Jamal Williams, he's a starting running back on a great offense. I'm putting my name on Jamal Williams. Start him week one. Draft him in the middle rounds. I think you'll be glad you did. I like it. Nice. Harrison, put your name on something. All right, I'm going to take a bit of a risk here for you guys. This is not exactly a week one uh, a move to make, but if you have Jarek McKinnon and he's out and you're looking a little screwed and everybody's hopping on this Matt Breda guy who didn't have a lot of volume last year, had a decent amount of targets, but he's not exactly experienced, right behind him, you got Alfred Morris. He's expected to take over the starting running back role almost, you know, First and second down for sure. If the offense is clicking, they're going to be pounding him into the ground. I like Alfred Morris now on a huge uptick in volume. It's a risky move to put your name on. I'll take that. (laughs) But I'm really liking Alfred Morris. I think he's going to, you know, every year we see a running back go down early, a backup steps up and has a huge season. So I'm going to take Alfred Morris this year. Let's do it. There you go. Alf is the choice. And Jerry, what you got? First, before I go, let me put my name on something for Cam. He uh, sent me a, He's out of town this week, so he wanted to make sure he put his name on something. He said, Devin Funches being the Panthers' leading wide receiver in over 1,000 yards. Put your name on it for Cam. Wow. As, as for me, I want to put my name on Joey Mixon. Joey's what his friends call him, and we became friends since last year. <laughs> we spoke about opportunity, and last year... He had two people in front of him. Now the coast is clear, and all things point to Mixon being able to take over. So I want Mixon on a team that thrives in uh, goal line running situations. Put my name on Joe Mixon. You know I love him this year too, Jerry. He's he's a guy I'm targeting. If he's there in the third round, I'm taking him every time. I think he's going to have a big, big year. So I love that pick. All right, people, thanks for joining us on another edition of Moneyline. We will talk to you next week when everything has kicked off by then. So thanks for joining us on another beautiful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.